It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 365 of Locked On Raptors for Tuesday, July 31st. You're probably hearing this on uh, Wednesday, August 1st, but either way, uh, I'm your host, Sean Woodley of LockedOnRaptors.com and RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode. And, of course, make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network team-focused shows for all 30 NBA teams, even throughout the offseason, uh, down to a couple shows a week for each show. But still, uh, if you're interested in hearing about the Magic's offseason, listen to Locked On Magic. And the same goes for every other team that is more interesting than the Magic. Um, you can also check out Locked On Fantasy with Josh Lloyd. Lots of preview stuff already uh, in the can for Josh leading up to next season and fantasy-wise. Locked on NBA still across the whole week uh, with daily shows from a bunch of different hosts across the network. Um, so make sure you're checking that out too. And you can find them all together on the Locked on NBA iTunes channel. And if you find a show individually that you like, you can subscribe to it separately on its own feed. That's where you can find Locked on Raptors on our own feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, all the places you find podcasts. And leave a rating or a review. It's the best way to support the show. Uh, and it's uh, very helpful for algorithms and rankings and all that stuff. So thank you in advance uh, for taking the very small amount of time that it requires. All right, on today's show, there is uh, not a lot going on. So we're just going to dive into a couple of different things that have kind of been floating in the Raptors ether for the last week or so. And joining me to talk about this very exciting stuff is uh, Vivek Jacob. How's it going, man? Pretty good, man. Exciting as always. Um... The dog days of August are here, pretty much. Yeah. And, yeah, we're just going to have to get through it as quickly as possible. And, yeah, at this point, I just can't wait for the season to start. Yeah, I'm pretty ready. Even though I like the off season and not having to think about basketball, the Raptors uh, making the Kawhi trade kind of changed that for me a little bit. So I'm ready anytime. Um, I guess there was the big news in the NBA today, which was the Lakers ruined their jerseys. Or Nike ruined the Lakers jerseys. Have you seen the new Lakers jerseys? I did. They're bad. Why do they have black on the side of the purple one? Um. Yeah, that was kind of weird. Doesn't make any sense. They ruined like one of the most unruinable jerseys in sports. Like it's not hard. Just yellow with gold. That's fine. That's all you need. Or purple with gold. What the hell? I ruined it too. Um. Confused <laughs> <laughs> uh, for a second. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, I don't really care. Yeah. Fair but. enough. Um. <laughs> The Raptors have excellent jerseys, and the Raptors also have a roster spot to fill, which is what we are going to talk about, at least for the start of today's podcast. And maybe it takes us to the point 
where we talk about the other thing we were going to talk about in another show to try to spread out the content. We'll see how far this gets us. Uh, so the Raptors have an open roster spot. The 14th roster spot um, is available. They have to have it filled before the season. And it's been the topic of much debate uh, for some reason because, uh, you know, the, the 14th roster spot is so important in every single team. Um, especially with this team. The Raptors are so deep and good and have so many good wings. And I just, like, I'm not really all that moved by this conversation because I just don't ultimately think the guy they end up signing for that spot is going to matter all that much. But uh, there have been some interesting names floating out there and some that could potentially matter, I suppose, if uh, the things break right and they, you know, find a way into the rotation. Uh, I guess we can start with Greg Monroe. This uh, was part of Josh Lewenberg's piece last week about Nick Nurse, uh, and Greg Monroe was thrown in there as well as a potential target for that 15th or 14th roster spot. He mentioned in there the taxpayer level above 5.3 million bucks. I'm not sure if Monroe would want that. Uh, you know, maybe he wants some more. Maybe he wants less. Maybe he wants some years. Maybe he's not in a position to really be uh, beggars can't be choosers type of thing because he's not signed just yet, and he's probably like the most talented guy who remains unsigned i guess but he's not exactly an in vogue style of player so maybe he can't choose where he's going to go or for how much maybe he's just going to get something small from someone and maybe the taxpayer mid-level is what it'll take um vivek thoughts on greg monroe toronto raptor yeah so what does greg monroe give you he's a guy that can score inside he's pretty good on the pick and roll um doesn't provide interior defense which is something that I guess would be a knock against him when you look at the Raptors front court. Yeah. Uh, so, in, but I guess the one thing that does matter for the Raptors now, I think with the Rosen gone, there is, uh, I guess, a bit of a lack of scoring on the roster. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because you've got obviously Kawhi as the one A, and then you've got Lowry, but then, you know, you don't really know what you're going to get uh, out of everyone else. Obviously, you expect uh, Nurse to use JV quite effectively just because they have such a good relationship and uh, I think uh, a big big part of Jonas you know despite the numbers maybe not showing it him having arguably his best season was the fact that you know they made a bunch of changes that Nick Nurse has been trying to get into the system uh, for a while now so um, ideally if Valanciunas can be that third option consistently uh, I think that makes things a a lot easier for the Raptors just as far as the pecking order goes Um, but I think you are going to see, you know, some nights where it's JV, some nights where it's Ibaka, uh, maybe Ananobi gets hot from the outside. So, you know, if you can have someone like a Greg Monroe, and obviously this is looking way far ahead, but, you know, if you're in a bit of a lull offensively in a playoff game, he's a nice option to just throw in there and get you a bucket. So, um, if you can get him on that last uh, roster spot, uh, I think that's a valuable piece to have. Um Will he be that guy? I don't know, just because they've spoken so highly of Chris Boucher so far. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I find his name kind of intriguing just from having watched Summer League and the way he came on towards the end of it. Mm -hmm. Um, You look at his athleticism, the way he's able to get up and down the floor. He can really block shots. I think that's something that really um, caught on with Nick Nurse. And... And of course, you know they went to him at the five, and that's that was his most successful uh, position. And obviously, there's that nice touch of him being Canadian, so um, there's that X factor, I guess, to it. Uh, so yeah, between the two, I think it'd be interesting um, whether you know you, if you if you're going for defensive purposes, maybe uh, Boucher is 
a bit of a wild card because um, I know one thing that Nurse did say was that he found it hard. Uh, that Boucher did find it hard to grasp the, grasp the plays. Mm-hmm. So um, that's obviously something you don't want in a playoff scenario where a guy is just caught off guard because then you know his theoretical rim protection just goes out the window. So yeah, I think I think the Raptors will just have to weigh their options of what's the best backup. Uh, you know, in case of emergency, uh, what do you break out in a playoff game? So I think that's what they'll have to look at because ultimately, um, in those playoff games, you're not going to have a very big rotation anyway. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Yeah, I, like, the Greg Monroe thing's just kind of a hard pass for me. Like, I don't think he's all that good. Uh, You know, he did some stuff for the Celtics last year, I guess. He barely played in the playoffs, if I recall, though. And I just, like... There are a few reasons why I don't really buy the Monroe thing. First of all, the I'm not sure I totally agree with like the lack of scoring on the team. I think if you look at the roster compared to last year, it's pretty much the same, except you have replaced DeMar with a more efficient version of DeMar in Kawhi Leonard. And, you know, I think maybe people aren't really... You know, we're, we're so used to seeing DeMar carry the offense and sort of be such a high-usage guy that maybe it's, it's going to be a bit of a shock and we won't really see Kawhi being a high-usage guy in this offense until we see it. But I think the offense is going to kind of go along pretty much just the way it did last year. Like It's not like last year they relied on a bunch of guys with sort of self-creative tendencies, right? It was a lot of, you know, DeMar does everything and, you know, it ends up in the hands of shooters and stuff like that. Jonas does some stuff, you know, from the elbows and things like that as well. So I think the offense is going to be fine. And then, like, Danny Green's just a better offensive player than than Jakob Pertl, too. Like, if you're just going player for player, like, he's a guy who fits better in what the Raptors want to do offensively, too. So I'm not concerned about the offense, really, at all. Um, And then just... Well, I think one thing I should add is part of, I guess... It's not a concern, but it's just something that I'm waiting to see is the fact that Kawhi isn't as good a playmaker as DeRozan, right? If there's one aspect of DeRozan's game that's really come on yeah. and uh, that Kawhi hasn't necessarily developed, it's you know that ability to create for others. So um, that's something that I find interesting. And I guess with the Monroe part, the thing that I was trying to get to is the fact that you know when you looked at that bench mob, mm-hmm. their offense was effective when they were able to get out and transition and create havoc on the defensive end. Yeah. But in the half court, that's where they struggled. Right. That's fair. Yeah, no. That, and So my counterpoint to that would be that, and this kind of goes into the other point that I have sort of against the idea of Greg Monroe, is that I think adding a guy like Monroe, who's maybe too talented to just be a straight-up bench warmer who only comes in an injury duty, I think that kind of muddies the rotation a little bit to the point where you're not really maximizing the lineups you could have. You're, if you're giving him 10 to 15 minutes a game, then that's 10 to 15 minutes a game where you don't have you know one of Siakam or Jonas playing center, which I think is what you want to have for most of the time, right? I think those two should be coming close to just splitting center minutes down the middle in theory. Um, and I think you know there are ways in which you can make that second unit offense hum a little bit more. If you have Jonas out there, for example, with the second unit, I think Nick Nurse probably be a little bit creative with that. Yes, that kind of goes against the the run and gun stylings of that unit. But if you can kind of balance it between the guys who are going to run and gun there and then having Jonas to work in the half court, I think that's totally fine. Um, and if they don't, then I, I still think they can sort of 
rest on their laurels as a really good defensive unit and not worry too much about being, you know, a threat in the half court. You know, sometimes in the playoffs, maybe you'll have to do that and sort of insert a little bit more of an offensive punch into it. But I think the Raptors got by just fine last year with their second unit not being particularly stout offensively. It was just mostly based on defense and damn it, could they defend? Um, and, and just like, you know, if you think about some of the most intriguing lineups the Raptors can throw out, it features a lot of Siakam at the four or, or Siakam at the five. You can have, you know, a surge at the five, Jonas at the four with wings around. Like, I think a lot of them feature just kind of like one traditional big or two bigs who we already know worked well together, whether that's Siakam and Ibaka or, or Ibaka and Valanchunas even, even though that's not the sexiest pairing. It worked pretty well last year. And I just think you're kind of cutting into the effectiveness of your of your big man rotation if you're just throwing a Greg Monroe into the mix, who is kind of just like a poor man's Jonas at this point with less defense. So I just I think it would kind of muddy the rotation to the point where you're just kind of not maximizing your minutes out there. And, and I think a guy who's maybe a bit more of a fringy player who maybe isn't worthy of minutes all the time. And maybe Greg Monroe would be fine with this. And if Greg Monroe's okay coming in and playing 20 games a season and only coming in at injury duty, then I'm fine with that. But I just think a guy like Monroe probably expects more than that minutes-wise. And that's where I just, like, I'm kind of nonplussed by it because I'd rather just have the three-man rotation between Siakam, Abaka, and Valanchunas mixed in with the whole mass of guys on the wing who are going to slide to the four at times, right? I just think it opens up way more versatility if you don't have that 10-minute sort of, you know, just like log jam kind of plugging things up in the form of Greg Monroe. Um, yeah. yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at there. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I was just kind of playing devil's advocate. Yeah, yeah, that's I mean, fair. I like, I like the idea of Chris Boucher. Yeah. Um, and to your point, that's exactly what he'd provide, right? Like, if he gives you something great, um, if not, then, you know, he's not someone that's going to complain about a lack of playing time, so... Um, yeah, I'm with you on that. Fair enough. Yeah, so, and also the thing with the rim protection, people seem, I think Josh mentioned this in his piece too, and people seem like the, the they're kind of really wanting the Raptors to get some rim protection to sort of augment the back line a little bit. And I just like, I'm not sure how necessary that's really going to be with the wing defense this team's going to have. I'm not sure there are going to be a lot of times where like there's a guy sitting there at the back line who's just got dudes barreling down on him and he has to be the last line of defense. Like, yes, that'll happen, but... I think the perimeter defense is going to be so good that you can kind of get away with not having amazing rim protectors at all times. But right. even saying that, like Valanchunas last year was a pretty good rim protector because the scheme allowed him to stay near the basket. And I think, you know, considering who the wing defenders are going to be in front of him this year, you could only expect that to continue or improve. Ibaka, if he's playing the five, he's proven he's a pretty good rim protector as well. Just standing there, he doesn't have to sort of come over and help and make these big athletic jumps back to, you know, save the day at the rim when he's out of position. Like, if he's just there... That's probably all you need, and I think Siakam probably has a little bit of rim protection, you know, that's unmined so far. I'd like to see that kind of, you know, be worked on, even if it's not there this year. Like, I'd like to see him get a shot at least a little bit as a backline defender. Like, I just think there's enough there rim protection-wise. It's not like they're out there with a bunch of like 2014 Jonas's, right? Like, there's guys who can, you know, defend the rim here. So, uh, or just a bunch of Greg Monroe's if we're gonna make fun of people who can't defend the rim. So, I, I just, I think that's kind of a bit, of, a bit of an overstated need as well. I just. I think, classic me, I'm thinking this roster is really damn good, and I don't really think it needs all that much in the way of touch-ups. Um, yeah, I would say more than rim protection, um, I, I'd say more of a concern is actually like having enough guys that can close out the possession with the defensive board. Fair. Um, fair. So, you know, I think if there was one criticism you had of Jakob Pertl last season, it was the fact that he was... 
he was such a good team player and such a good help defender where um well not such a good help defender but he was so willing to help that he wouldn't time his you know help perfectly and so as a result there were a lot of times where he's coming up for the block and then it ends up being a missed shot and then his man just gets the put back yeah um and so that's something where now I guess we get into you know this whole having six starters and who's um, who's going to be the guy that's the backup five, who's going to be uh, the guy that's the starting five. Um, that's where we get into all that and figure out who is going to be on that back line because Serge Ibaka was not a great rebounder last season. Um, if you're relying on Siakam at the five, then obviously you're depending on um, that entire five, uh, that small ball five, uh, keeping guys in front of them, and then you just hope that whoever it is is able to close out the possession. Um, so, yeah, more than rib protection, I would say it's just more being able to close out the possession. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. That's totally fair. Um, and I think, you know, it's kind of funny because this, this was an issue for the Raptors a little bit last year in certain games. I don't think it was for the mo- most part of the season. They were a pretty good rebounding team overall, but there were certain games where they get torched. And I think a lot of those times could have just been solved by just throwing Jonas in, and maybe that hurts your defense or whatever it is. But once again, I think having a guy like like you know like Kawhi Leonard out there, and just having the the, the wing defense they're going to have out there, I think you could maybe get away with closing with Jonas a little bit more often, and then you have that sort of safeguard on the boards because like that dude himself is a good rebounding team. So um, yeah, I, I just I hear the concern for sure. I just I, I'm not really all that worried about it i guess uh, classic me i'm just everything my, is fine everything is completely fine um also Kawhi <laughs> is like a pretty decent rebounder for his position and um yeah. I, I i believe og is going to get there and i think siakam near the end of the season kind of showed some chops a little bit as well kind of being a better rebounder so like i i'm willing to see how it goes if it becomes an issue then maybe you address it somewhere during the season but like i i don't think because of your perceived lack of rebounding, you go sign Greg Monroe. I just don't think that really fits to what the Raptors are going to need from that spot. Before we get to the issue of the starters, uh, we might have time for that. What, where are we at here? Yeah, we'll have a little bit of time. Um, before we get to that, uh, Christian Wood and Thomas Robinson apparently worked out with the Raptors, according to Alex Kennedy. Uh, any interest from you in either of those guys? So I've seen Christian Wood play a little bit um, throughout the course of the G League season. Um, I like his game. He's put up some really big numbers at times in the G League. Yeah. Uh, so twenty three and ten this past season. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and like he's had some monster nights as well. Uh, so he's intriguing, but he's also, you know, when a guy's putting up those kind of numbers in the G League and it hasn't ever really translated yet to the NBA, um, 
that's where most of my skepticism comes from. Mm. Um, Cause at some point you would think that would happen. Um, but it hasn't worked out for him yet. But sometimes, you know, that's just a case of being at the right place at the right time. Um, my counterpoint so, to that would be this dude was on the 10 and 72 Sixers and couldn't get a sniff. And he was on a really bad Hornets team that relied on a lot of like Roy Hibbert and Spencer Hawes. And couldn't get yeah. a sniff. So like so, I, I don't exactly. know. I yeah. He he seems like one of those guys. He's very KJ Mcmcdaniels-y to me, where everyone really wants him to be good, but he's just never going to be good. But people yeah, will, fair, will think he's good for the next you know ten years until he's out of the league or playing in Europe or something. Um, but yeah, that, like I, I wouldn't I wouldn't hate it. I guess if like you're trying to maximize the upside of that spot. I mean, if he's shown what he's shown the last couple of years in the G League, why not? Um, Thomas Robinson. Totally forgot about that dude. <laughs> Any opinions on Thomas Robinson? So the last he played was with the Lakers. Is that right? Oh God, uh, wasn't it the Nets? Maybe okay. Maybe he was on the Nets for a bit. All right, let's pull this up. Thomas Robinson. This is gonna be a sad ass basketball reference page, isn't it? Oh man. Uh, um, but he played yeah, with the Lakers. Yeah, he played with the Lakers in 2016-17. Okay, yeah. So that's that's where I remember him from. Um, you know, again, I guess, you know, it's just a, those kind of options, you're looking at the mobility, right? And the guy that can uh, get up and down the court quickly. So um, he's an option, but I, I think from those three names, I, I'd still uh, roll with Chris Boucher. Um, yeah. I liked what I saw in Summer League. I saw uh, him continue continually grow. Um, and you would think that that time over the summer uh, where you know, Nick Nurse was upfront about him not really grasping the plays. Maybe that's something he'll put more time towards and come into training camp uh, really on top of that. Mm-hmm. So if he can put that together with his athleticism and all the stuff he was doing, just playing the game of basketball without really, you know, figuring things out, then, you know, I think that that's that's a great wild card option to have um, as that third uh, center. Uh you know, you saw, you saw what Lucas Nogueira gave you on some nights where he could just come in and sort of give you that perfect spark. And if Chris Boucher can come in and do that, um, you know, just for some regular season games, you wouldn't be depending on him in the playoffs. Uh, that'd be great. Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree. Um, Thomas Robinson, just uh, to defend him, to defend his honor a little bit. Uh, he averaged 12.9 rebounds per 36 minutes over his NBA career. That's pretty good. That's uh, nothing to sneeze at if you're worried about rebounding for the Raptors, I guess. I mean, he's not much else. He doesn't really offer anything else. But, um, yeah. Didn't Thomas Robinson have a really good story coming to the league, too? Like, he, like not good because he had, like, a pretty rough childhood. And I think he was, like, supporting his sister, I believe. And, like, his sister moved with him to Sacramento, and it was kind of a really nice story when he got drafted. I'm, I'm, it's too bad it didn't work out. I was sold on Thomas Robinson. That was the year the Raptors drafted Terrence Ross. And before Robinson was drafted, I was just so excited by the idea of Thomas Robinson falling to the Raptors. Obviously, that did not pan out. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, this yeah. is a guy who was a fifth overall pick, right? So, yeah. Um, Obviously, that potential is there. He's that guy that stood out uh, athletically, but you know, again, one of those guys that hasn't really been able to translate that success into the NBA. And you know, there's a reason why a lot of people struggle to stay in the league. A lot of people struggle to make it. Um, and that reason is they got drafted by the Kings. <laughs> well, 
That's a fair point. That's a fair point. God. Can't debate that. Um, yeah, the less we say about the Grandive, the better. <laughs> I'm trying to keep my name up, but we don't have You are the most uh, honorable and best Vivek. All right. Let's, uh... <laughs> um, I don't know if that helped. Well, the Sean endorsement. I don't know how far that will take. Yeah, I know. It's not particularly good. I, I am, according to Will Liu, the human, who, the human embodiment of buttered bread. So... Good, good, good endorsement for me. You got endorsed by buttered bread. Um, <laughs> uh, where are we at time wise? I'm trying to keep these things shorter. I think we can probably wrap it there. Uh, we're gonna talk about the starters. I, I think it's best we save the topic for later because we have nothing else to talk about. So the starters and the question of six starters, what how's it gonna all work? Nick Nurse being creative, whatever it's gonna be. We'll talk about that on a podcast later this week. Vivek might not be on that one, but thank you for the idea for the content. Much appreciated, my dude. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. Yeah, I just uh, yeah, we should keep these things shorter. I think in the summer, and we'll just do little ones on little topics instead of doing a bunch of topics and then. Completely not having anything else for the next day. Uh, Vivek, where can people check out your work? Do you have anything you want to plug right now? Um, you can always find me at Raptors Republic, at Sportsnet, and North Pole Hoops, and B-Ball Breakdown. Um, do I have anything I want to plug? I'm actually working on some soccer stuff. Right on. Uh, for the next little bit, because the uh, Premier League is about to get started crazy, um, since it still feels like the World Cup just got over. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm working on some Premier League stuff. And uh, we'll get back to the Raptor stuff in a bit, but yeah, there's not too much content around that right now, and it's kind of nice to just take a little break from basketball. Yeah, that's great. Um, make sure you read Vivek. Vivek. Um, oh, I forgot. Are you in on Bebe coming back? I forgot to mention this. Is this is this something you'd want? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess at the right price, I'm fine with it because he's a good chemistry guy. He's been around the team for so long. Um, yeah, I guess the price point would be the only thing that would matter to me. I. Yeah, this last roster spot, Bebe, Boucher, Monroe, whoever, whoever's willing to just be comfortable in that position and know their role and stick to it, um, they can have it. <laughs> Once again, consider me Quincy AC Hive, and I will not be ups- I'll, I'll be upset if they don't sign Quincy AC for that spot. I want him more than anyone else, just for the, I don't know, the team spirit aspect. That's what the Raptors need more than anything. Is they need good vibes, and I think Quincy AC provides those. So that's my vote. Um, all right, let's wrap this thing up. Vivek, read all his work, Raptors Republic, all that good stuff. As you just mentioned, soccer stuff coming down the pipe as well. Uh, you can follow me at Woodley Sean. I will be writing something about this very topic. For tomorrow, uh, for Raptors HQ, uh, if, if I use some of the things I wrote in the piece that you're going to read tomorrow, I'm not even sorry. It's the summer. I'm going to double up on the content for two different platforms. Why not? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, read that tomorrow, and uh, we'll have another podcast probably tomorrow or Thursday. I'm not exactly sure what day, but stay tuned. Also, I'll be co-hosting with Kyle Mello on TSN 1150 Thursday and Friday morning. You can find that online. I'll tweet out links and stuff when I'm going to be going on, 6 to 9 a.m., so check out that. We'll talk about um, all of the good sports that are happening right now, which is not many, so... Stay tuned for that. We'll probably go off on some uh, non-sportsy tangents just to get, make the time go by. TSN 11.50, Thursday and Friday morning, 6 to 9. And uh, as always, subscribe, rate, review to the podcast on iTunes. It's the best way to support the show. And thank you so much, and we will talk to you next time on Locked on Raptors.
Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.